You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 102. I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. And before we get started, welcome. This is sort of-ish a Halloween-y episode. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We really appreciate your eyeballs on this video. We would also appreciate it if you would like the video and subscribe to our channel. Uh, if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, that is wonderful as well. We appreciate that. We would also very much love it if you would give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Spotify. Yeah, go on, you jump in. So like Jasmine said before we start, well, we said it last week, but before we start recording, we're, we're not trying to not cover news, but we thought this was a good follow-on from uh, last week. Yeah, because we kind of, I mean, I, when we talked about Black Adam, spoiler, uh, spoiler, if you have not seen Black Adam, pause this right now. Uh, but we talked about Black Adam last week and the return of Henry Cavill as Superman. And turns out that that is going to be a much bigger time commitment because Henry Cavill has officially left The Witcher. Uh, he will be replaced. Liam Hemsworth is going to be stepping in as Geralt of Rivia. I... I'm sad to see Henry go. I only ever had two people in mind for Geralt. Uh, if they went young, Henry Cavill was my choice. If they went old, Mads Mikkelsen was my choice. Those were the only two guys I could ever see taking on the role of The Witcher. So... Uh, but I think that Liam is actually a one of the more talented Hemsworths. And uh, for the longest time, I thought he was actually a better actor than Chris. But now I realize that Chris is much funnier. <laughs> so <laughs> may, maybe it's just that Chris hadn't been doing the right things. Uh, yeah. Or it wasn't until Taika took over the helm of the Thor films that they got a lot better. Uh, but I don't, I don't have a problem with Liam. I think Liam Hemsworth is actually is uh, pretty talented. So I'll be interested to see what his version of Geralt is like. Uh, but, oh boy, here here comes the drama. Netflix just can't can't hold it together, can you, Netflix? Uh, I, I, re- I saw this, I think, yesterday, the news about Liam Hemsworth, and I um, the comments were not... Oh, um, pe- people are brutal. But it wasn't necessarily, like, aimed at Liam Hemsworth, particularly. I think they were just more like annoyed about recasting and the people hate recasting i've said this before i hate recasting well this is Um, kind of odd it's like we've gotten three seasons of the witcher with well we'll we'll have three seasons of the witcher with cavill and then suddenly the fourth season is going to be someone totally different i I just i don't know like um so some of the comments i read were like they would rather wait for the witcher to you know even if it was a year or two and then henry cavill come back yeah um and so, so I, I was saying to you before we recorded that maybe being British, some of our bigger shows, some of the, you know, like Sherlock with, um, uh, what's his name? Crap, I've forgotten it again. Uh, Cumberbun. Yeah, oh, yeah Cumberbatch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Martin Freeman. They're obviously, yeah. they're, they're obviously Hollywood uh, favourites as well. Yeah. But sometimes the gaps between seasons of Sherlock can be quite huge. And it's the same when we had Luther. I think Luther's finished now. But Lu- the first two or three seasons of Luther, Idris Elba wasn't as big as he is now mm-hmm. but as the later series is coming out there's bigger and bigger gaps and it, the first series of Luther was like six episodes and then they got smaller and smaller <laughs> I think there was one season of Luther that was only two episodes and I I, that, I can't remember which season that was but that was like my least favourite because they tried to cram kind of four episodes into two episodes and yeah. I was like there was way too much in that I, 
much rather have waited a little bit longer and had an actual proper ser series. Uh, and so I haven't watched The Witcher. I've said, well, I've only ever seen the first episode. The Witcher is on my to watch list, uh, yeah, as, along with many things. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I, I want to watch it, by the way. But I just thought, yeah, I agree with those comments. Actually, would we, you know, if I was a fan of The Witcher, I'd much rather see a two or three year gap than have The Witcher come back. You know, we've seen it. There's the old American show that does it. Like, um, I think Westworld had a bigger gap. Uh, that's because of, I think, budget is quite an expensive show to make mm -hmm. and. You know, there's a lot of CGI involved, and they probably just want to make it right. So, I, I, you know, if I was watching The Witcher, I would more than happily have a two or three year break. As a there. fan, yes. As a company, Netflix cannot afford it. Uh, they have been going through all kinds of financial problems this year after, you know, things sort of started to relax and things started to open up, and people weren't quite staying at home as much anymore with COVID. Netflix is losing subscribers like by the millions and they just they don't have the capacity to wait. So it's I, I think this whole thing you can chalk up to like just a poorly run organization, sort of like whatever the hell is going on between the WB and HBO Max. <laughs> like Netflix is just it, it's under poor management at the moment and they're they're trying to do what they can to keep everything going. But uh, I don't know. This doesn't seem like the move. I did, I did see, by the way, um, I know, again, we're talking about news here, but the, the uh, Disney Plus have managed to secure the international rights for Doctor Who. Uh, oh, yeah, so, I heard that. So the BBC will still do it on BBC over here in the UK, but the rest of the world is getting Doctor Who fixed on Disney Plus now. Mm -hmm. So because of that, the BBC obviously going to get more money. So it's a good move for the BBC. So they'll be able to get more money that they can invest in Doctor Who, potentially other British things. I mean Netflix. They should have. They should have done something like that themselves. So I mean, well, we we were talking before we started. There are two people that have deep enough pockets to pick up Netflix. So Netflix is either going to wind up on Disney Plus or Amazon. Yeah. Or well, I guess maybe HBO. Uh, I don't think they have the money. So. I just, I just not the way that they're kind of cutting all their programming on Max. I just don't see. I don't or, see HBO or, doing or, it. or maybe a merger with Netflix and Paramount Plus or something like that. So Oh, Paramount. I mean Paramount's quite small, so if Netflix merged. Paramount is owned by who though? They're owned by one of the big networks. Is it CBS or are they owned so, by NBC? Yeah, CBS, CBS. CBS. Okay, yeah. So C CBS has I mean in the US CBS is big because of sports. Like they do a lot of NFL, uh like they do a lot of the big sports coverage here, so CBS in the US has deep pockets. I don't really know that CBS has the reach outside of the US, but yeah, I mean if they got CBS and what well, Paramount Plus and Netflix merged, I mean maybe you could have Netflix maybe it could be called Netflix Plus or something. Uh, uh so we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, Netflix did that the they've got that new tier where it's like, oh well, now you can just pay for ads and uh it's gonna be cheaper. So I don't know. I don't I like the I mean, I don't know, they're trying to get rid of binging and go to like a weekly kind of for Netflix is trying new things but like the whole reason that people flock to the netflix platform in the first place was to binge so if you take away the binge ability of netflix what the hell is the point like what makes yeah, you think, any different than anyone else yeah i guess it's because disney and um, amazon are not doing the binge format anymore so yeah. i think amazon did do it but then amazon stopped because amazon were like well actually 
people are signing up for like a month watching the show and then dipping out again. So yeah. if we just keep it weekly release, I think, you know, Amazon's approach sometimes quite good. They drop the first three episodes or something yes. and then the next six episodes come out weekly. Yeah. So maybe Netflix needs to move to that. I, I'd be honest, I'm not that bothered about potentially binging because I don't get that much time to binge anymore. So See, I don't have the time week to week. So I prefer like, I have a free weekend. I could get three things like moving on to the next topic like this this yesterday uh after i finished watching rewatching 30 days of night i watched an entire docuseries on netflix in one sitting uh yeah. i watched their i am a stalker series have you mm. have you heard no. of that or seen it i've heard of it i've not seen it so i don't even know how it pops up because like mostly on my feed on netflix it's all k-dramas and so like in between all of my k-dramas it was like i am a stalker i was like what is this about uh wow first of all let me just say in the u.s Nobody gives a shit about women. Like the way that these women were treated by the authorities and by the people in charge, like in this documentary, it was just ridiculous. And it's just like, uh, it was, it was hard to watch. And like, it was like a train wreck. Like I couldn't stop myself. It's eight episodes or about 45 minutes each. And it was just kind of one failing after another, after another, after another, after another. And I'm just like, no wonder it's really hard for people that are victims of like domestic abuse and domestic violence to get help. It's like you have to jump through so many hoops and the authorities usually can't do anything until something has physically happened to you. Like there there has to be an altercation first before anyone can jump in to like help you or protect you. And I was like, so basically you have to get beaten before the cops are like, okay, now we can do something about it. Um, so it's just like a really frustrating watch of like the american justice system um i'm not saying that i recommend this to people but like if you are interested in the true crime kind of stuff uh it was a it was interesting in that regard to see like what what these women went through what kind of jail time some of these people get and how little government institutions care about stalking like it's not even i mean it's not even burglary is a bigger sort of punishable offense than stalking someone which is really quite scary um so that was that was my binge for the weekend i've not i've not seen it at all um i've had time to watch much tv this week uh watched a couple more episodes of narcos but that, that's about it that's about it but uh, you went somewhere i went to the cinema uh -huh. is that what you mean yes oh okay um yeah went and saw uh so it was half term over here obviously do you know what half term is I'm assuming it's like spring break or something. Oh yeah, half term is a hot week's holiday in between school. So, uh, so I have two kids in case nobody knew. And <laughs> I, I would hope anybody that is a regular listener knows that Mark has two kids. <laughs> uh, so I um, uh, took a couple of days off, um, trying to figure out things to do that don't cost the earth. Mm -hmm. And we booked a family ticket to go to the cinema. It was a film that's been out a while, uh, but none of us had seen it. So we went and saw Minions 2, The Rise of Gru. I love uh, the Minions. They're so cute. Well, do you know, honestly, those films are hilarious like, yeah. for, for adults as well as kids. So my eight-year-old, she doesn't know, she struggles to sit for a whole film. Well, both my kids struggle to sit for a whole film. But my eight-year-old was actually sitting up, like, you could see her arms animated during the film. She she was laughing, you know, just like, there's, there's one scene where... <laughs> Grew has a shower and like his little bum comes out and he's like got his towel and like my wife was dying the my my kids were dying like, <laughs> like um it, I think it was a great 
Do you, do you know, what's the uh, Despicable Me, the first film? What's the name of the villain? I've forgotten. Uh, Vector. 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 So there's like, I love all the like little nods to the later films. Like, um, Gru goes up to this, the bank goes up to the Bank of Evil and is chatting to the cashier or something. And then he turns his, turns some photo around and was like, oh, that's my son, Vector. Or like, no, I didn't say Vector, but there's a picture on Vector. Yeah. And uh, so it was just, there's like, all these little nods. So we met the, um, the professor, oh crap, I forgot his name. Uh, the professor who works with uh, Gru in the later Professor films. Nefarious. Yeah, yeah. Or no, Doctor so, yeah. Nefarious. Yeah, 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 Doctor Nefarious. So we meet Doctor, Doctor Nefarious is like maybe two scenes or something in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that sort of Gru and him get together at the end of the film. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite, I think it's quite good how like Gru is meant to be the villain, but kind of almost always ends up being a hero. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, yeah, he sort of accidentally saves the day all the time. So yeah, you get to see him go on this adventure. He wants to join the uh, this gang of evil villains with stupid, crazy names. And um, I love, I love how like in this world, how villains are just out there in the public, and like people have posters of them and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And like how they must pose for photo shoots and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so over in the real world, you know, real villains would never. You know, yeah, be so public. <laughs> like be so, yeah, be so public or photo shoots or anything. Um, it's just a really fun. To be honest, it's a really funny film. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was great, so I, I really enjoyed it. It's you know, what, even if you didn't have kids, it, it's actually quite. Oh yeah, funny I movie. love the Minions. I actually caught up because I'd never seen the first like Minions film with Sandra yeah. Bullock as the villain. And on my last long sixteen-hour flight, I watched that film, and I. have feel really bad for the people that were sitting next to me because i giggled like an idiot throughout that entire film it was just stupid fun you, you obviously haven't seen the rise group but I, yeah watch it no. if you can watch it it's, it's actually really funny so uh, i won't uh say anymore i mean i mean it's not really a film that anyone particularly cares if it got ruined but yeah no uh, it's still yeah I won't, I won't say anymore but yeah it's good i would like to know what's going to happen next apparently i did google it apparently there is going to be a despicable me four yeah um i didn't look up and see if there's gonna be another minions film. <clears throat> i'm assuming there will be yeah uh, it's it's a money maker also like they had a uh they created one of those uh, i don't know like an infinite run game it was a mobile oh, game oh, oh my god i was addicted oh so was that I, yeah. like i got so like i was so bad up on that game that eventually i had to delete it from my phone because it, i would just spend like hours playing the, the minion run and i'm just it's like a, yeah the minion run, god, what is wrong keep, with you yes keep moving the minion left right and center yeah yeah, yeah. and it keep getting faster and faster yes. yeah yeah i honestly i, I was literally the same I was obsessed oh, yeah. with that game. It's so fun. It is so fun. And you just get like lost in the sauce for real. Like, I, be careful. I, I if anyone ever downlo- downloads Minion Run, like, you're in for some trouble. I just wanted that game to end. I was like, come on, there must be like a finish line at some point. No. It wasn't. Uh uh-uh. uh. And then no. the moment you, you'd get killed off, you'd have to do it again. Yep. Like, like, it just, yeah, it I deleted it. And then I was like, I am never downloading this again. That was like two phones ago. It's like, I'm never downloading this game again. It's too addictive. I'm, that, I'm feel, that, game, that game was a long time ago. I think yeah. that game was like eight years ago. Yeah, it was forever ago. But like, they kept updating it and you would get like themed updates. You get the holiday updates. You get the like special okay, occasion I'm, updates. Oh my God. It was, I was I'm obsessed. Thinking, I'm thinking we should stop talking about it because now I feel like <laughs> going to look it up. Like, there's only, you know, there's only one game I keep on my phone. Uh, well, I have Roblox on my phone, but that's not for me. Um, like I have Angry Birds. I actually have. Oh. 
but I downloaded and paid for I think it's only like a pound or something uh, it's like the original Angry Birds that has mm-hmm. no no add-ons no uh, you know, okay yeah, no, yeah. no pay to no pay to play I literally just I don't want any of that pay to play stuff like I just want to be able to go on there and play it yeah and it's it's fully downloaded so that way you don't need the internet or anything so occasionally so the other day I was on a train going into London and uh on the way back I um uh was I was just kind of bored so I was like playing Angry Birds on the train but so I keep that I keep that on there just purely because occasionally there is a time where you're like I'm, I need something to do with my hands yeah <laughs> you know? and uh but Angry Birds is it but no I'm not playing that crew game no nope, not I'm not downloading it, it again yeah. it's not not happening it, I'm right. telling you it's like it is bad for my psyche <laughs> So yeah, just in summary, Minions Two actually really funny, and I I would watch that again. So yeah, they're they're all good movies, all the Despicable yeah. Me films and Minions movies. So. Yeah, I mean they're just good fun. Like they're just good fun. They're they're fun for the kids, and there's enough adult humor that it makes it fun for the parents as well. I don't think I watched anything else this week, but anyway, we'll leave it there. And uh, you wanted to talk about something? Yes, it is Halloween spooky season it's the very end of spooky season i just wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about horror because we hardly ever cover horror like themed things throughout the year mainly because i am very neither much, us, like neither no. of us like horror but... no i am a chicken like i i like the auto slasher film like we love scream we have established that but like all of the other kind of horror films not so much they're really not up my alley but i still wanted to know like what is your favorite horror film and why like what's your favorite scary movie uh well for me horror films i'm not a big fan of them when you say your horror favorite horror film i probably it probably still would be scream i I just would say the first one but i i was having this conversation the other day so i you know i'm a christian i don't really want to celebrate halloween but I, I do think there's a big difference between what I see in Halloween in the UK versus what I see in Halloween in America. Mm-hmm. So, like for instance, Kim Kardashian was dressed up as Mystique for Halloween. Mm-hmm. That that I think is really cool. Like, and I see a lot of Americans dressing up as superheroes, villains. Um, I think Kim Kardashian's kids dress up as people like Tupac and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, that's all stuff I can kind of get behind because I think that's fun. It's fantasy. But over here in the UK, we seem to have only taken the horror aspect. And like when I go on the dog walks and stuff, like around here, so many houses have got like coffins outside, crime scenes, blood splatters, like dead corpses laying in their front garden. <laughs> I- I'm not down with any of that. That's not for me. Like, that's and it's that's not- a bit much. Like, yeah, I'm not, you know, not even, even if I wasn't a Christian, I, I feel like my views are that I don't want to see a dead body laying in the garden. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not all right with that. Like, so, um, yeah, so I'm not overly keen on that. Um, so, uh, anyway, anyway, so I, I, I've never been, even growing up, I've never been the biggest horror fan. I think it was like 14 or 15 years ago, I watched Paranormal Activity like some friends came around my house and said, do you want to watch that? And I nope. said, not really. Like, and so they were all like, no, I can't just watch it. Let's watch it. So I ended up watching it. And honestly, I could not sleep like the whole night. I could not sleep. And so what I think I've realized is when it comes to horror, I, I don't mind things like the Halloween movies yeah, or the screen <clears throat> movies, or I know what you did last summer because they're real human beings. Whilst okay, they're real human beings that clearly are mentally ill mm-hmm. um to another level 
but it's kind of real world ish. Yeah. But I do not like fit. I, I've never seen a single Hellraiser and I'm not going to. It's <laughs> never going to happen. So uh, I know we watched the Fear Streets last year mm-hmm. and we did like a big episode on that. Now, they were kind of a bit of both. They were kind of real world with a bit of fantasy. Yeah. I kind of didn't mind <clears throat> that as much. But yeah, yeah. And I think because they were toned down, they were like 15s. I mm. probably was okay. But anything that plays in my mind, like paranormal activity, I can't do that. Not for me. Yeah. No, um, yeah. I. So I think, I don't know, I probably would say the first screen movie is my favorite. If I was to choose a second, um, I actually really love Scream 3 just purely because of the twist at the end where yeah. very much where they take the trilogy aspect that they link back to the first movie. I thought mm-hmm. that was a cool twist that Sydney had a brother. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, probably a third I would choose. I know what you did last summer. Okay. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, so... My favorite horror film uh, is a film that still scares me to this day, like when I watch it, even though the CGI is not so great. Uh, But when I was a kid, we snuck into, we bought tickets to go see Spawn. Actually, I don't even know how we bought Spawn tickets because Spawn was rated R. Anyway, we bought tickets to go see Spawn. We went to go see Event Horizon instead. And... To this day, Event Horizon is still like one of the scariest movies to me. Maybe just because like I, I was a kid when I saw it, but like Event Horizon. So... It's about this crew that re like recovers a ship. The ship disappeared for a while. Nobody knows where it went. Turns out the ship went to hell and back, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, and then it's just kind of like this gory psychological kind of like horror fest that happens throughout the film. Um, and it's Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Sam Neill. And it is just this, like, it's like you can't, you don't get movies like that anymore. Like now space horror has to be so like monster driven. You don't have like the psychological space horror so much anymore. Um, but yeah, Event Horizon is definitely probably still at this point, <laughs> my favorite horror film. Do you have a what favorite about... genre? I was going to say, do you have a second or, or third? Um, uh, obviously I chose three. Second or third. I don't know. I mean, as far as like rewatchability, I don't know. I maybe Constantine would be up there, honestly. Uh, which you know we just covered a couple episodes ago, but I, I, I kind of like those kinds of like I, I do love the Scream series. I think that that is that's always going to be a bit nostalgic to me because that was also like my teenage years growing up. But like really the psychological horror is the kind of stuff that I, that I really like the stuff that just kind of sticks with you after, after the film is done. Um, you know, you mentioned space horror. Uh, I watched a space horror years ago. Uh, yeah, I actually credit this up. I didn't, uh, the one with Ben Foster. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Ben Foster. Uh, 2009. It's called Pandorum. Mm-hmm. How do you know I was going to say that? Or do you remember? I, mentioned I, it I think you've mentioned Pandora before. Yeah, 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 I have, yeah. So Pandora um, <clears throat> is sci-fi, but, like, it is real world, so it's no no supernatural element. Yeah. Um, but there's monsters on the spaceship, and I, I honestly crapped myself around watching this film. I honestly <laughs> did. Like, there was points where I actually kind of 
got up and had to walk around a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was watching it late at night, and it, even though not, like you know it was in space and you know, none of it's real, but I still there were points where I was so on edge, um, had to get up, walk around. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say in case no one's watched it. But what I loved, and this is where I probably would say horror movies where they're clever, I like. And there was an absolutely brilliant twist at the end uh, mm-hmm. involving the sort of kind of monsters on the ship, but also where they were in space. Yeah. It was very clever. And have you seen it or not? Uh, no. It looked yeah. too scary to watch by myself. <laughs> so I shall have I, not seen shall, it. Shall I spoil the ending and... That's up to you. Oh, look, I'll tell you what, like, if no one wants to hear the ending, skip forward about two or three minutes. So basically, the, the spaceship was going from Earth to a planet, you know, the typical yeah. thing where it's, you know, and it's got a whole spaceship full of people in um, stasis pods, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how long the journey was going to be, like a couple thousand years or whatever it was. And <clears throat> at some point during the space, uh, the journey, some of those people woke up mm-hmm. and they became their own society and devolved and basically just became like a pack of animals and became cannibals because it wasn't enough food, etc. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of the other people wake up and don't know what's going on, etc. And they end up having to fight with these cannibals or the rest of it. And then they, there's a, they own, there's a big uh, sort of, window in the spaceship where they open it up and one of them says essentially that the uh you know everything's gone because they can't see any stars mm-hmm. like which you would normally see wherever you were in space and somehow towards the end of the film they realized that the spaceship had actually made it to the planet that they were going to mm-hmm. and had, and had probably been on the planet for like 100 years or something like that but was at the bottom of the ocean uh, I'd landed at the bottom of the ocean, so that that I thought was a really cool twist. And all of the uh, survivors eventually sort of beat the cannibals, and then they come up from the ocean, and you kind of see them coming up onto the land. I thought I'd love to see a sequel to that. That would be really cool. Obviously, you know they'd want to make it horror again, so they probably yeah. would be something <clears throat> on the on the planet. That of would course, be really cool. Yeah, be like, and they probably would be something on the planet. <laughs> um but like that would be a cool cool uh, that almost feels very like lost in space yeah lost in space but with horror yeah yeah okay all Um, right i actually think space horror is my favorite genre uh of like horror films i i love because i'm a science nerd i was obsessed with space i almost majored in astronomy uh so like space has always been like the thing that i love the most so like stuff like aliens aliens is probably one of my all-time favorite films it just definitely it's definitely oh, yeah. in my top five but like that kind of space horror is my jam I, forgot about aliens. I think yeah there's obviously there's a lot of other things like i've watched the first three saw movies that was hello hard to watch but yeah uh, I, I didn't carry on beyond the third one um i love those as well because i thought the twists in those were pretty cool so yeah i would say in terms of genre i probably would say slasher slash real world okay movies but i like it when there's an element of intelligence in them. Yeah. So I don't yeah, want to yeah. just see people just getting cut up and, but yeah, you know, it's just not for me. Like, I, I don't want to see, yeah, that's almost like watching a snuff movie, isn't it? Like, I'm, uh, I'm not, yeah. not down with any of that stuff. So, 
All right. So 30 Days a Night was a vampire film. Do you have a favorite of the vampire films? Any of them? Any vampire films stick out to you? Well, I would say my... I reckon your favorite is Twilight. I will end this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I'm joking. Do you know, I like Twilight. It's not a horror film, but, you know, it's... Oh, it's it is it's... a horrible film. <laughs> uh, I don't mind Twilight, like... Um, but anyway, that's not, not a horror film. Yeah. I would say... <clears throat> oh, the thing that's coming straight in my head is Blade. Okay, okay. I love Blade. Like, I absolutely love Blade. Like, Blade is just so good. Yes, that's fair. I mean, what's not to love? Like, the first Blade film, I think really hold like there's some cgi at the very end that's like oh god this is awful but like for the most part the plot the idea the the everything about blade like still holds up today like when mm. you go and rewatch blade a lot of it makes sense to me like it could it can you could literally pick it up and set it here and it would still be fine um I'm still i still think they should bring wesley snipes back I mean, they, at they... this point, Marvel might fuck around and lose Mahershala. And if they lose Mahershala, because they just lost a director for Blade, they pushed it back another six months. They're having all kinds of production issues, pre-production, actually. They haven't even started actual production yet. They're having all kinds of pre-production issues with Blade. So who knows? Who I knows? hope they do. I hope, I hope Wesley Snipes is back as Blade. No, no, I've got no issues with the um, actor who's currently Blade. But um, Wesley Snipes is Blade to me. Uh, to me, too. Bokeem Woodbine, uh, no, was it Bokeem Woodbine? Uh, no, I think it was somebody. There was a Blade series that happened on FX. Oh, that was brilliant! I loved it. A few it. years ago, yeah, that one was that one was fun, but uh, definitely that was, a, that, that was some rapper guy, wasn't it? Uh, was he a rapper? Oh, oh, I need to look it up. Hold on, you're, you're gonna look it up. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, while yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. it up, I think my favorite, like it's old school, but like I honestly think my favorite vampire film might be Interview with Interview with the Vampire. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think I saw that when I was like I don't know nine, very not age appropriate. But uh, that was the movie where I was like, oh my god, Tom Cruise, he's really hot, and then he turned out to be like really crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I guess like uh, old school vampires would be would be one of my favorite. But Blade is definitely up there. Like I absolutely, anytime I catch Blade, like if I'm flipping through the channels, like I will always stop and watch Blade. Oh, oh, okay. So Blade, Blade, the TV series, came out in 2006. It only lasted 12 episodes. I remember this. It got cancelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it starred a guy, um, I think he's a rapper, Sticky Fingers. Oh, yeah, Sticky Fingers. That's right. That's right. Uh, his real name is Kurt Jones. Um, he he doesn't really do that much. Like, he's in, he's, well, he seems to have regular acting work. Uh Oh, he was in two episodes of The Night Of. I love that series. Uh, anyway, so the Blade TV series was like a direct, kind of direct follow-on from mm-hmm. the movies. Um, it was very much set in that world. It was all the type of lore. The style of it was very much similar to the movies. I think they kind of dropped a little bit of the sort of the third film and just carried it on almost as if it was like the second film or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember now. I would re- I would rewatch that film, uh, sorry, that TV series. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've never seen it. I that could potentially find itself on my list, but I have never seen the Blade series. I'm not opposed to it, but I've never seen it. Maybe we should do it one day. Maybe next October. Or something. All right, let's so, done, yeah. done. Right. The books. Anyway, um, yeah, go on. Okay, so how do you think that these vampires in this film compare to you know 
vampires of traditional like Hollywood. So these 30 Days of Night vampires, um, they reminded me a lot of the vampires in the TV series The Strain. <gasps> oh my god, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that show. That was that was a really the first that was a really good first season. Strain. Yeah, and so the strain reminds me a lot of the you know I talk about falling skies how it just got worse every season. Mm-hmm. The strain was very much like falling skies; it got worse every season. So the strain started off strong, but it just mm-hmm. it, it just became more and more ridiculous. The strain did. Yeah, uh, I, I watched it all to the end, um, but yeah, it was a uh, it got it got worse. But like, you know, I, I wouldn't say I overly hate the show. Yeah, but but the <clears> style <throat> of the vampires in Thirty Days Night very much reminiscent of the strain. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll give you that. Because uh, I was going to tell you these these vampires like they don't remind me of vampires; they remind me of the zombies from Twenty Eight Days Later. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's kind of the the speed because they're like super fast, super aggressive. They only have you know one thing in mind, and they're not that they're mindless, but like I don't know. In mm. these these vampires in this film are scary to me because they're not they don't speak, and I think like whenever you have the monster that doesn't speak, well, I mean they do they talk to each other, but like we don't ever understand what they're saying. Yeah. Um, so like. I, I think that that's always creepier because then it's like, now you're leaving it to my imagination. Like now I'm imagining what these vampires are talking about. And of course, like I'm going to make it way worse than whatever the actual like script writers had in mind. And I think that's probably what plays up to these vampires. The, I would say up as, as far as like scary, these are way up there. Like these, these are way up there as far as scary vampires, especially because like they descend upon this town when they know that, the town is about to have 30 days with no sunlight whatsoever. It's like a giant, like buffet for them. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I prefer more normal sort of vampires, like, um, what you'd see in the, like the Dracula TV series that came out years ago. Yeah. Or, um, one of the vampire, the vampire <clears throat> kind, the one of the vampire things I love is you know the Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. I I like that TV show, but one of the things I do love about the show is uh, the rings that they have, the daylight rings. I think that's pretty cool. Mm. Like that they have the ability to walk around, but there's a there's a there's a reason behind it. So you know, um, oh crap, what's it called? Oh, uh, Discovery of Witches. Mm-hmm. How how the vampires just walk around in the day and there's kind of no explanation for it. I hate yeah. that. Like I like it when there's an explanation. I like it that they don't bring it up. Like I, I like that it's just not a thing. Yeah, I guess because what they're trying to say is that actually, what you guys know about vampires and what what what, what actually is true is very right. different. Right. So, but then I would love a little bit of how that came about. Then, like mm-hmm. how how did that ruin? You know, I guess in Scary Witches, I'd love it if they just said, oh, you know, maybe there was a period of time that we couldn't, or I, I don't know, like. Uh, but I think the 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 daylight rings in the Vampire Diaries are brilliant. Like, <clears> I think that's a really cool element, and that yeah. not everybody not everybody has daylight rings. So, yeah. Um, probably one of my favorite vampires actually um, is Angel from the Buffy TV series. Okay, all right. Like that, that's probably one of my like my most favorite. Yeah. Of, of of vampires, like I love. I don't know. I love. I always like the transition that Angel made, like when he went from. Humans oh, a vampire, the, like the yeah, face. yeah, yeah, 
Uh, I, that I didn't like. That was the one bit I didn't like. I, <laughs> I, did. I didn't like the weird face that all of them were pull. Yeah. Um, I, I really loved Angel. That that TV series actually became... So I loved Buffy. <clears throat> and then when Angel went over... I liked Angel so much better than Buffy. Oh, so did I. Like, yeah. I think the, ne- the next season without Angel was okay when she first year of college mm-hmm. and in- introduced the boyfriend who was in the sort of vampire army book. It was a like a US Army division that killed monsters. I can't remember. Do you remember his name? Finn? No. Was it Finn or something? I can't remember. But like she met some boyfriend in college and that first season <clears> I thought <throat> was okay without Angel. But then when they transitioned over to Angel, every season of Angel was just so good. Yeah. Uh I was really disappointed that Angel got cancelled. And it only got cancelled because Joss Whedon got a bit too big for his boots and said to, to um was it on the CW or WB or something? Um, yeah wb yeah basically he said every season used to finish the same that they wouldn't know if they were getting renewed so he'd kind of have to end it so apparently before it ended so i don't know halfway through or five ten episodes before he turned around and said to wb look can you just give us an early renewal just so i can you know just tell everyone they don't have to worry Mm -hmm. apparently the wb didn't like it so they were like nah cancelled don't be too big for your boots i wouldn't be surprised I would not um, be surprised at all if that's what happened. So, um, but it had such a great ending. It annoyed me at the time, but it had such a great ending that um, Angel and everybody was in the alleyway and it ended mid-battle. Do, yes. do you remember that? Yes, uh, where everybody's uh, like running at the screen yeah, and then it yeah. just fades to black and you're like, what is what? happening? I know. Uh, what is at happening? The time, at the time, I was so annoyed because uh, I was like, what? It yeah. was like, like that last 10 minutes, everything was getting going, getting going. And then it just like run runs into thing and it, as it tiles come up. Yep. I was so annoyed. But then when I look back, I was like, actually, what a great ending. Yeah. Like, because-, because it left everything to your imagination. Everything. Yeah. Like, and also Angel was always about the battle. So even if that battle had been resolved, Angel wasn't going to go sit on the beach. No. So well, I mean no. he couldn't in the daylight anyway, but like <laughs> so, so yeah, but anyway. So- All right. Do you have any Halloween recommendations? Any films that you always watch for Halloween or anything like that? I like, do you know what? I like it sometimes, um, like when Disney actually do a lot of the family sort of Halloween films. Oh, like, yeah, like it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, all of these things. Like, I don't yeah. have a particular one, but I've been, in Amer- I've been in America quite a few times during October, and I always see, like, um, oh, you've got a family. Oh, I can't remember. There used to be a TV channel in America called Family. Oh, ABC Family. Yeah, 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 I think you guys have rebranded it now, haven't you, or something? Yes. Um, I, I can't but, remember what it's called. Freeform, but, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, on ABC Family, there would always be like Halloween themed stuff every day, but it was always family friendly. Yeah. Um. So I, that that's that's the kind of Halloween part I like. I'm never going to watch the horrible stuff. <laughs> uh, but I guess if I was going to recommend anything to somebody that didn't mind Halloween and hadn't done it, oh, actually, I've just thought of something. A really cool Halloween film which clearly is not for children. And I remember somebody didn't know the twist in this film. I sat with someone and I deliberately didn't tell them because uh-huh. I said, have you ever watched this movie? <clears throat> no. I went, do you know anything about it? No. I went, fucking brilliant. Uh, I was like, <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. What movie is it? I want to know. Dust Till Dawn. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, and because it starts as like a crime thing. Yes. And then, 
Yes. Like, and, then, and then it turns And then it just down. goes so far away from that. And you're like, <laughs> what the fucking, what is happening? <laughs> I remember like watching it, like with this friend of mine. Like, it, this is obviously a long time. Most people probably know the twist now. Like, but, you know, it's a crime caper, you yeah. know, whatever. They end up in this bar in Mexico. And just all of a sudden, yeah, I would say that if, I mean, I know I'm ruining it now, but like that was a good one. So, okay. Yeah. Obviously, and it's vampires too. So. Well, mine is, uh, it's it's kitty themed so like Ernest scared stupid is my favorite of the Ernest P Worrell oh. films all of them yeah. the Ernest yeah. scared stupid is my favorite it is so funny but it is also really scary when I was a kid that movie and the troll that they have as the villain in that movie that film is the reason why whenever like I get scared like I never ever look behind me ever like and everybody's always like no you got to look behind you because the monster is always behind you and i'm like no 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 it's because of Ernest scared stupid like there is one scene where one of the kids is like flipping out and she thinks that, that troll is following her she's in her bed and she's like oh my god i have to look under the bed and she like works up the courage to look under the bed and there's nothing under the bed right but when she sits up again and rolls over, the troll is in the bed with her. And it is the scariest freaking scene in the whole movie. And, and like, so like to this day, to this day, if I am like scared and I am already in bed, I will never, ever, ever. I never turn around. I never turn around. I never look at what's behind me and I don't check under the bed. I'm like one of those people where it's like, if I just keep my eyes closed, it'll go away. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Ernest I, Scared I, Stupid, though. If you have not seen Ernest Scared Stupid, I've not seen it. I'm it is. It. It's, it's it's my favorite. It's better than Ernest Goes to Jail. It's better than Ernest Saves Christmas. Ernest Scared Stupid is the one. Eartha Kit is actually in this movie, and it's like, how the hell did an Ernest film get Eartha Kit <laughs> to be in this movie with him? Oh, I've not. I don't. I've never seen those. But I am like you, though, in terms of if I don't look, it's not there. Yep. <laughs> yep. I hundred percent. Like I will forever. I forever will be that person. That's like, I mean, I'm just keep, keep my eyes closed. Like, I don't care what I hear. <laughs> I don't care what it sounds like. Like, I don't care what else is going on. I'm keep my eyes closed. And as long as I don't see it, it's fine. Like it's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm the same. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so basically the both of us are like chickens we like yeah. scary stuff, but we only like certain scary things that all the other scary things can just like, piss off <laughs> yeah no, I, I certain elements of scary stuff yeah like but not i i yeah i'm not for like vampires is cool like i'll do vampires yeah i like vampires I, um, I werewolves it depends like some werewolves are a bit too scary for me uh but sometimes i'm okay with like werewolves yeah yeah well the stuff i don't like i anything with possession or exorcism no, no, like no, i no. i can't do it like as much as i love constantine I skip yeah. the first 10 minutes of that movie every time I watch it. Like, I hate that exorcism scene at the very beginning. I love, I... I love the old um, American Werewolf in Paris, I think it is. or No, American Werewolf in London, sorry. Uh, American Werewolf in London. Mm. Uh, I remember, uh, I mean, I've only seen it a couple of times, so a long time ago. Uh, the Werewolf's one that I like the most is, um, oh, I forgot the name of them. The franchise. The first couple were really good. Vampires versus Werewolves. Uh, oh, Underworld? Plot- yeah, Underworld, yeah. Lycans, they obviously call them. Yeah, okay, uh, so I cannot stand the Underworld series, but the third film, Rise of the Lycans, is so, so good. Like, Rise of the Lycans is one of my favorites of all time, but, like, the first and second Underworld, and then the next one that comes after Rise of the Lycans, I hate it. Like, I hate the entire... I, I just don't like the vampires in that world at all, but the, but the werewolves are really cool. 
I, yeah, I, th- I love the first three movies. I, I, I have seen the fourth one, but I can't remember it. And I don't think I've, I think there's a fifth one. And I don't think I've seen it. Uh, maybe one day. But uh, <laughs> anyway, thirty days right. of night. Yes. Thirty days of night. The meat and potatoes. Uh, yeah, the meat and potatoes. Uh, right, thirty days of night is from IDW Publishing by Steve Niles and Ben Temple Smith. It was written. The movie is written by Steve Niles, Stuart. Bietti or something uh, and Brian Nelson is directed by David Slade it stars Josh Hartnett Melissa George Mark Boone Jr Mark Rendell Amber Sainsbury Sainsbury um, Ben Foster and Danny Houston uh, the budget was 30 million US dollars and a total box office earnings of 75.5 million I mean it doubled its money I mean you can't, can't go wrong yeah it didn't have any. I mean, Joss Hartnett was probably the biggest star in it. Yeah. Um, Melissa George is a she name wasn't that big at the time. No, and I don't think <laughs> she's even really that big now. Really, she's mm-hmm. never really. I don't think she's ever. She's probably what I'd consider more like a working actress. She don't. You know, mm-hmm. What I mean by that is she. She's not like superstar. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think people know her, but mm-hmm. she's not. She's not massive, so she probably couldn't retire. Yeah, she probably like yeah. She probably, I mean, don't get me wrong. She probably earns a good salary, like yeah. Um, but she probably doesn't earn enough that she could then retire, like stop acting and be okay for life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. So, um, anyway, summary. <laughs> the summary of the movie: uh, a polar night descends upon the town of Barrow, Alaska. The locals who remain to stick out their thirty days of perpetual night are terrorized by a horde of vampires a small group manages to survive an entire month of hell but at what cost quite quite a large cost so so, uh, this film came out actually originally in 2007 i believe and so i guess in terms of summarizing my thoughts versus uh thoughts i I feel like it's versus thoughts of then versus now Mm -hmm. um i think I remember at the time really loving the movie when it came out and I probably watched it quite a lot, four or five, maybe 10 times even really loved the whole, maybe I really loved it when it first came out. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, it was something I loved the atmosphere of it. Uh, the tone of the movie, I thought it was a really unique idea that there's a town that doesn't have daylight for 30 days. I do think there are, there are parts of, I think, um, Alaska that do get, I don't um, get that as well. I didn't actually look it up before this episode, but I remember yes. the time looking at parts up. of Alaska, uh, parts of Iceland actually do have this polar night where it is just always dark. Yeah, so that that's pretty crazy as well. Like I yeah. didn't. Uh, did, well, did you look it up? Uh, well, I mean, I've known that for a while. So, but so I didn't. Is it as long as thirty days, or it's or? it's it's yeah, it's a while. Um, because they also have the reverse that happens where it's like the sun never sets they're so far north that in the winter it's perpetual night and the sun never rises and then they also have in the summer where it's like perpetual day and the sun wow. never sets yeah it's, so a, the big, same it's play, a big problem same for like insomniacs and that kind of thing yeah wow that must be a frustrating place to live that like, yeah. depre- like really depressing in the winter and then really oh, yeah. like that's cool. that's why like the beginning of the film to me kind of like it sums it up like everybody is trying to get out of town because they don't want to have 30 days of night they don't want to be yeah. in that perpetual nightfall so that's why a lot of the town like shuts down and leaves and then only a few people kind of stay behind to keep things running mm-hmm. i mean that must be yeah you must be really committed to the survival of the town but yeah yeah i think my my thoughts of it first i used to really love it 
I think my tastes have really changed. I would say that I'm more, I wouldn't say I hate it, but I would say I'm more now don't like it now. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I guess probably would give it a higher score years ago, maybe not so much now. So what is it so, that you don't like about it now? I just don't think my, my tastes are not, I just don't think my tastes are the same as they were. Like the mm. villains of the movie have got no character development or anything like that. They are just monsters. And yeah. while, whilst you can see, oh, do you know what? Those monsters remind me a little bit of um, Army of the Dead as well. You know, yes. uh, from yeah. um, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. I know they're zombies, but they're very, they're, these, zombi these, these zombies. These vampires feel very zombie-like though. Yeah, yeah, they are. And um, whilst you can see there was clearly a leadership structure in, in this pack of zombie, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, vampires, they're, they're very just, I don't know, kind of just one-dimensional villains. Yeah. And they just, all they want to do is eat and kill. And th that to me is more in the horror world. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know, just it wasn't, I don't think I'm as interested in sitting down just to watch a pack of essential animals just hunt down humans. That's yeah. not something I think I'm that bothered about in my 40s now, like mid-20s. A few friends and us would sit down and watch something like this and think it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that I'm some sort of snob now, but I guess I want something. <laughs> I guess I want something with that's a little, got a little more bit substance. More yeah, yeah. I like something yeah. that's got a bit more substance in it. Yeah. I probably would say my horror choices, whilst I have never been a massive fan of horror, like I probably would like it less now than mm -hmm. I than I do than I did in my twenties. So yeah. okay. I, I think just my tastes have changed. Really, it's not not necessarily as a overall problem with the movie uh because i think a movie could easily come out like this now and people oh, yeah. would still like it but i just think that me as a person <clears> I've, <throat> mm -hmm. i guess i've i've grown and i've changed and uh like, wow imagine like, that like, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, think, I think like i say there's nothing overly wrong with the film yeah um i think that the acting especially by joss hart in it is really good like mm -hmm. i think melissa george isn't the best of actresses, unfortunately. She's kind of the same character in everything she's in. Mm -hmm. um, I think they probably should have recast her. Um, her only real brilliant moment was right the final, her final moment, like this final scene, her facial expression actually changed. It was, it was the same face throughout the whole movie until the last scene. So, <laughs> like, uh, but I, I did love it. I think it was, I did love it in terms of, I think it's a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. Thirty days of night, vampires rocking up and terrorizing the town to have a have a meal over a month period. I think that's a really unique idea. That part I love. I just don't think I'm as keen on. I guess just monsters eating humans for a whole movie. So okay, I, I mean, do I guess have, that's fair. I do have moments in there I like though. Like yeah. we'll talk about those in a minute. But Phil, what you? What's your summary? Um, I I think that I'm sort of the opposite i i liked this movie when i first saw it but i think i liked it better this time what i like the most about this film is that the vampires have a communication structure but we are never privy to it there are no subtitles when the vampires are talking and so as the viewer you never have any idea what they're saying and to me that was scarier like this, this is not the kind of like, oh God, scary film. Like, but, but that was because now it's in my head. Like now I'm putting words in their mouth. You know what I mean? Like I'm the one that's imagining what they're saying to each other. Um, and I think that that element 
leaving in involving the audience in such a way that they have to fill in the fill in the gaps. I think that kind of makes it a bit scarier. So I really kind of like that there's no explanation whatsoever. We we drop into this town right before their hell season starts. Like even if there hadn't been vampires, like people go stir crazy in in places like that because of the no sunlight. So like it's already a town on edge. They're already chaotic trying to get everybody that is trying to get out is trying to get out before this blizzard comes in, before the airport closes. Like there's all this stuff happening and then you throw vampires in on top of it with no again no explanation and no mm-hmm. no no understanding as the audience as to what the vampires motives are so it almost feels like we as the viewers are also the townspeople because we have no idea why these vampires are here where they came from like what their purpose is um so i think like this time around watching it this this far removed from having seen it like the first few times it's like it it feels it feels heavier to watch it because now I'm also panicking. I'm like, why? Like, why are they doing this? You know what I mean? Like, you're you're asking the same questions that the characters in the film are asking. Um, also, though, <laughs> this time around, like one of my beefs with this film was Josh Hartnett is entirely too young to be sheriff of a town like this. Like, this is the kind of place where it's a good old boys club. Like, I'm sure that the sheriff in this town is probably like 75 years old. Like, I just can't imagine a young guy being in charge of a place like this. Uh, So that was kind of a sticking point for me this time while I was watching it. But also, like, I, I don't understand cold weather. Like, so this entire setting is also frightening to me because I would have no idea how to behave in weather like that. Like, cold weather to me, especially cold weather where it's like blizzards and there's snow everywhere and it's hard to get around like that by itself just the element of weather like that is also frightening because like how do you operate within it right like how do you how do you actually like keep yourself alive like there's a film with Kate Beckinsale that I actually do like it's called Whiteout where they're like on a base in uh Antarctica and they're trying to get out before this big blizzard happens and they don't make it and now they got to stick out the blizzard like or the thing from the 80s the John Carpenter film with Kurt Russell those kinds of films that are set within this like snowpocalypse kind of thing, those are frightening to me just in general. Like I literally, I grew up in a place where it's perpetual summer. Like we have one week a year where it gets cold. Like, so trying to fight vampires in a place where a climate is not anything that I'm used to. Like, so there were a whole bunch of other elements like that make this film scary to me. And I think the weather itself plays like a big role in that. And that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about it. I was gonna say we don't get extreme. Well, we don't we don't get blizzards over here, but there have been times where the weather has been horrendous in the UK. Like mm-hmm. um, I always always remember this. Um, I want to say it was like 13, 14 years ago. I used to live near this big shopping center, mm-hmm. and um, there's this big shop over here called John Lewis, which sells like everything. You know, tumble dryers, um, beds. You know, it's all it's quite more like a high end shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't the weather was so bad so I used to work in an office near where my parents live and I me and my wife actually I don't think we were married at the time but we were living in an apartment and um the weather was so bad and she was pregnant as well so she was in a on a second floor flat um the weather was so bad I actually said to her do not leave the flat like that's a, like an apartment obviously you guys call it and 
I had to stay at my parents for like two, two or three days because the weather was that bad. It was probably mm. about 30 or 40 minute drive. But on the motorway, people were just abandoning their cars. That's how mm. bad the weather was. And so this John Lewis was around the corner from where um, our apartment was. And people actually on the first night, the shopping centre, and it closed at eight. So this weather kicked in quite badly the shopping centre said to everybody that it was too dangerous for them to leave and that they could all stay the night. So mm-hmm. people slept in the shopping centre uh, overnight and they opened up like duvets and bedspreads and uh, they obviously they had lots of beds on display so they said people can sleep in the beds and, and that kind of thing. So whilst I have never lived in somewhere like this, uh, you know, I think I probably, maybe because you've not seen it as much, but Okay, every every now and again we do get really bad weather. Mm-hmm. It's not that often, but I would say even I would say like we do get storms and stuff like that. But obviously we don't get you know I don't see the kind of weather that Florida sees, but we do yeah. see the. Cold. See that's what I'm used to. I'm used to hurricanes. Well, we see the cold quite regularly uh, over here. Mm-hmm. You know, even now it's cold. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I think I probably would maybe have that bit that i could survive and so we always have you know i've got some big north face coats in the mm-hmm. uh in the in the house and stuff like that so i probably would be able to wrap up a bit more and be ready but you you know you, i guess you may not necessarily have those on hand but yeah i mean you know hopefully we're never going to see a pack of zombies or vampires show up i mean so. fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway so do you have a favorite character um Honestly, I think I'd have to say that Josh Hartnett was probably my favorite character because he he kind of didn't he didn't like beat around the bush like mm. stuff starts happening first, you know, the they kill the dogs and then they take all or first they take all the cell phones from the town, then they kill the dogs, like getting rid of all of like the things that'll alarm you to intruders. Um and at one point you know, he goes to the cell tower to check on the guy, finds that guy's head on a spike and is like, oh shit, <laughs> like something is horribly wrong. <sighs> and just kind of immediately like drives through town with his little bullhorn, like go inside, lock your doors. Like there's some stuff going on. I don't know what it is, but like, we got to fix this. To me, he was very like, very oriented on this is a problem and we need to protect ourselves. Um, and so I like that he was not wishy-washy at all. Like he, he'd make a decision and then he would do it. And then, like, obviously, we see that to the very end where it's, like, he turns himself into a vampire, essentially. And uh, he's, like, this is the only way that we can beat these guys. And if it means that the rest of you can survive this, you know, this 30 days of night, then I'm fine with making that sacrifice. And so I just kind of like that anytime anything came up, he was, like, well, this is is the plan. And everybody's, like, yeah, but that's a stupid plan. And he's, like this is the plan. Like, this is what we're going to do. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Um, Cause I think a lot of, a lot of stuff gets dragged down in films like this, where people just argue with each other back and forth. Like, no, that's dangerous. And no, you have to protect so-and-so. And he was very much just like, Oh, I got to go to grandma's house. Cause she's the one that has the UV lights and everybody's like, yeah, but you can't do that. And he's like, okay, so I'm going to grandma's house. And I'm going to get these UV lights and you guys go to this other place and I'll meet you there. Um, so he was very decisive and I think that that is something that's rare and especially in this kind of like horror genre. So it was a, it was refreshing to have someone make decisions. I, uh, would agree with you. So there's a lot of actors in this movie that I think, I've actually got the list up in front of me. There's a lot of actors in here that I think are 
strong TV actors. Mm-hmm. Um, like Manu Bennett, except he played a shitty character in this one. I love Manu Bennett. Though. Was it Mark? Mark? Uh, Mark Junior is obviously um, from I've Sons of him. Anarchy. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy. That's what I was about to say. He's in loads of things. Son- Sons of Anarchy is probably the one I know him from the most. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Ben Foster is quite is probably the other big. Does actor. Ben Foster ever play a normal guy? Like, I don't think I have ever seen a film that, except for <laughs> X Men, maybe like he was Angel, but like Ben Foster always plays that really fucking creepy dude that you like wouldn't want to be within ten feet of. Always. <laughs> It's so yeah. bizarre to me. Like Ben Foster, are do, do you have a normal life? Like, do you ever smile? Do you ha- what? Like, what do your real teeth look like? Honestly, because like I feel like every time I see him in a movie, he, <clears throat> he's always wearing these crazy prosthetics, and he's always playing like a literal psycho. He played the creepy guy really well, I would say. Um, yeah, for sure. Obviously, the the actually the vampire does have a name. The leader, Marlo Vicente. I think, oh. Uh, so Danny, Danny Houston, Danny? yeah, he play, so actually does have a name here, Marlo. I think Stella, I would say, by played by Melissa George, is actually the weakest character in this because I think Melissa George, unfortunately, is just not a strong actress. I just mm-hmm. think she's very one note. Um, facial expressions never really change from pouty, um, and that's kind of it. Sure, she's lovely in real life. I just think her acting skills are just not that great. Uh, the, from the from the side characters, I would say there's a, the, the actress I did think was good in this was Amber Sainsbury, and I recognised her straight away. She's um, a British actress. Uh, she was in a t- uh, oh no, sorry, I'm wrong. I thought she was British. She was in a British TV show. That's why I thought she was British. She was actually from New Zealand. She was in a TV series um, called Hex that came over here in the UK like mm-hmm. 20, 20 years ago or something. And she played a really um, sort of wealthy, um, you know, sort of one of those clueless types in the TV series. Uh, but I agree, unfortunately, the strongest actor in this and the str- and the best character probably is is, um, is Joss Hartnett's character. And mm-hmm. I, I think that goes to say a lot, though. That's probably where a lot of their budget, I imagine Joss Hartnett took the biggest salary. Oh, yeah, he, and- was, he, was, the, he was the guy at that yeah. point that that was um, like at the at the height of his career yeah oh yeah so he was in the facility oh i liked the facility by the way the faculty uh, the faculty sorry sorry the faculty <laughs> that's his first film his first major major my favorite josh hartnett film is lucky number 11 uh i think i've seen that but not but yeah the faculty was uh, one of those horror movies that came out mm-hmm. at the time when scream was big i know he did mm-hmm. last summer um i actually did like the faculty we should maybe look at that one day yeah that but... was robert rodriguez so um I think I I agree with you on a lot of the points of what you said about his take charge attitude. Mm-hmm. It was get the job done. And I would say, whilst I didn't overly love the movie, I think the last 15, 20 minutes when Joss Hartnett makes the decision that he's going to become a vampire himself mm-hmm. and save the day, I, I love that whole, I've got to do it. And when Melissa George's character says to him, what have you done to yourself? And he said, I've done, did what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And like he knew to say, because basically everyone was standing around in that um, sort of factory thing. Yeah. So uh, talking about all the other towns that are nearby. Yep. Uh, about how if the vampires burn us all down, they won't know and they'll think it's an accident. So they're all yep. standing around having a chat. So Evan's obviously thinking, actually, they've all got a point. Like, you, you know, he's kind of processing that. And then suddenly right. he's like, right, okay, I'm going to become a vampire and go out there and kill these people. Mm-hmm. So you lot can all stand a chance of actually spreading the word. Now, 
whether or not people believe that pack of vampires show right, up exactly. is, 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 is another story. <laughs> yeah. Um, the evidence is fairly limited. To be honest, he probably should have kept himself alive in some sort of jail cell. I don't know if, how strong those things were. They probably could have, he probably could have busted out. So, uh, but they probably would have needed some element of proof. So, yeah. Um, anyway, there, there, there is that. I think it was great that he stood up and mm. said no i'm gonna sacrifice my life and just save everybody yeah. including the woman i love and i think there was a really touching moment where he's dying and he's hugging into his wife and you know and he dies and yeah that that for me was probably my favorite scene but i think overall i think yeah joss Hardin's character was the standout for this movie unfortunately um <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> well i just i think i think again probably maybe my you know, my tastes have changed and I probably a yeah. lot of this was more acceptable <clears throat> acceptable to me a long time ago but I think I definitely think we needed a stronger lead actress so mm. uh, you know Melissa George to me is okay like she's not yeah like, there's not much to her character Stella at no. all like she didn't have much to work with no well, yeah. I just I just I don't know I don't think Melissa George is that great like um I've never seen her in anything where I've been like, yeah, actually, she's brilliant. So She was pretty good in that Amityville horror remake with Ryan Reynolds. I've not seen that. Yeah, it's scary yeah. shit. <laughs> Probably why I've not seen it. Yeah. Uh, I see. I remember her being in Grey's Anatomy and she was kind of a bubbly character. That she was okay in. Yeah. Um, I also but... think that 2007 was probably the very beginning of like her rise. So mm. I'm, I'm sure she's better now than she yeah. was in 2007. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the movie throughout. Um, we've kind of touched a lot on the writing and covered my favourite scene, but is there anything that you'd say is your favourite? Uh, favourite scene? Honestly, probably the goriest scene in the film when uh, Bo decides, you know what, I'm going to buy you guys some time, and he gets in this... I don't even know what the thing is called. Like oh, a, that chopper thing. Yeah, the thing that's got like oh, the I love that chainsaw yeah, on the yeah, front yeah. and he's just like driving through town and like vampires go flying and then they get split in half. It's just like, it's the goriest, grossest scene in the film and I'm like, you know yeah, what? this is if awesome. Had, if they had about three or four of those things, they could have taken out that pack of zombies. Like, yeah. zombies, like you said, zombies, vampires. I actually thought, you know, this is brilliant. He's just cutting those whole people up. But no, that's yeah. a great scene. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, that. Like, he got, he had the shotgun. He would like buzz and blow heads off. Like he was, that was one of my favorite scenes where it's like, yes, I, another take charge kind of. But like he knew he wasn't going to make it out alive yeah. on the other side. But like at the same time, he was like, I'm going all in, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. So yeah, Joss Hartnett when he fought the lead vampire and kills him, that's my mm-hmm. favorite scene. And then sort of to link with that when he dies, not you know in the hat in the arms of his wife. I think that's great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that scene that scene there with the chopper things, mm-hmm. freaking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. that was just that was fun. It's like this is this is exactly why you watch these kinds of movies. Like you watch them for these unbelievable, ridiculous, never possible like action sequences. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Like if if I had seen this in theaters, like that that scene would have been worth the price of the ticket. Um. You wanted to talk about the sequel, so we haven't watched the sequel. No, but I mean like. So one of the things that I always thought when I was watching this film, uh, even the first time, is at the at the end, what you were saying, like when they're in the factory and they realize that the vampires are going to burn the town down and they're going to die no matter what, like this is going to happen again to the next town, the next town, the next town. And I was like, what would that look like? Like, what what if we picked up a sequel right where this leaves off? And it's kind of like, how do you prepare these other tiny towns to go through what you went through? Because... Mm. 
Josh Hartnett kills the leader, uh, but like the pack itself is still very much like alive. I mean, there were quite a few of the vampire pack left that ended up just leaving town when they lost their leader. So well, I, ma- I imagine what would have happened was that the pack would have a big inf- infight. Of course, of course. So, because it was a, like an animal pack, there'd need to be a new alpha. Yeah. So there might be there might be two or three of them that might kill themselves in a in a bit of a brawl. So that will yeah. probably happen. Like a political structure would happen. Um, and then versus what would happen with the town, mm-hmm. I think they would struggle to get other people to. Uh, believe them uh, believe them yeah so i don't know i think i would imagine that whilst they might tell the other towns they would not believe them yeah but i, I would say that if you were trying to be sensible and say well come on look you know would you really lean on the side that we're wrong and when the next night happens you'll get killed off or would you like to just maybe take on board that we are right and what, what does it cost you for us to be right? Um, you know, so I would want to set up some big, um, you know, those lights that um, Josh Hartnett had. Yep, um, the UV lights. Yeah, the UV <clears throat> lights. So I would want to set up loads of those UV lights across town. Yeah. And uh, and basically those vampires come in, whack the lights on, kill them all off. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, so like that, if I if I were writing a sequel, that would be my plot. Like they, they pick a town. And and now they know we've got a year before this happens again. So you have yeah. an, a year to get your shit together, to get everything and be like reinforcing buildings and reinforcing windows so that they can't like so that when you lock yourself in your house, you have actually like almost like a panic room, like you've turned your whole house into a panic room. So basically you reinforce the town to make this town vampire proof or as like as vampire proof as you could. Um that would have been my sequel. But the sequel that they came up with was uh, Stella, who now is recast as someone else. It's all like the sequel went straight to video. So it's all C and D list actors. But um, so Stella goes on to this conference and she's trying to tell the world about vampires and yada, yada, yada. Um, and then it's like she goes to L.A. And so then the whole plot becomes like, well, now we're fighting vampires in L.A. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, sure. Okay, I get that. But like, I really, really love this premise of 30 days of night. Like, this is this is a phenomenon that happens at this part of the world specifically. Like, this is our problem to face. So I, I would have kept if I had done the sequel, I would have kept it in the same setting. Like I would not have moved them to a different city. And especially not to Los Angeles. The vampires don't seem like they would have necessarily the intelligence to have worked out that she'd be in LA and go track her down. But I'm assuming that's probably what happens. Well, it's, it's different. It's like a, so the, the plot is that they have like a queen. um, And so the queen is based somewhere else. And so now there's this other troop of like vampire hunters that recruit Stella and then they go and like try to find the queen. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, it it go, cool. like to me the sequel gets way way far away from the the, the point of this film. Like the point of, to me the point of this film is like these people live in an isolated town and the vampires had the right idea. Like this is an isolated town. It's 30 days of night. Half the town leaves for those 30 days before they come back. Like if we set this pipeline on fire and the whole town burns down, who the hell is going to know what happened? Like you're not going to be able to differentiate anything. Like all you're going to find are like remains and you won't know like how these people died you'll just assume that there was some kind of pipeline explosion 
and the town was decimated in the pipeline explosion. You know what I mean? And I thought that that was like that to me, that was really smart on the vampires part. Like, A, this is a win-win for us. It's 30 days with no sunlight. And B, we just burn this bitch down like when we're done. And then we leave town and we do it again next year. I think I think for the sequel, we'll have to watch it for next uh, October. <laughs> um, but OK, so what would you rate this out of five? Um, I give this one a three and a half. I'd give it a three. Okay. I was okay. I was somewhere between two and three in the footnote because um, the sequel sounds awful. So if I was to compare right. it, like, so I'd give it a three out of five. So okay, um, okay, so that's on our list of of comic book related movies. We're yes. three down. We're three yeah. down. Three hundred and seventy five to go. No, I'm oh joking. man, I, I, actually, I don't know how many there is. So uh, probably keep going. more than three seventy five. I think that's yeah. a yeah. We're... So our next movie is going to be Black Panther. Which we're going to do Black Panther next week. The first one Mm -hmm. to get ready for the second one. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Yeah. So obviously we know Black Panther's first appearance was in The Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. but uh, we will not be covering those right now. But anyway, so Black Panther next week. So you can follow us on social media. We're Geeks Unleashed everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much. Cheers for listening. Good journey.